take your Bibles and turn to the book of John, chapter 17. I love this chapter. It's the chapter where Jesus is praying, and, and we're going to pick up the reading with verse 13. John chapter 17, verse 13. This entire chapter is, uh, and if you have uh, a Bible that has red letters, you'll notice the entire chapter is in red because it's the prayer of Jesus. And Jesus, in verse 13, he says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Are you thankful that Jesus prayed that for us? Amen? I'm going to read that again. Let that just sink into your spirit today. I'm coming to you now, and I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. For a prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but you would protect them from the evil one. Are you thankful that Jesus is praying for us? The Word says He's ever interceding at the right hand of God for us. Amen? Amen. Verse 15, My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but you would protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world, for I sanctify myself that they too may truly be sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, that the world may believe that you've sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one, I and them, you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for a prayer. Jesus, that you prayed for us. Thank you that you saw us Your word reminds us, yet being unformed, God, every day you knew before one existed. You understand our ways, and God, you know what we're going through. Thank you for that. That, Lord, we don't have to despair because, Lord, your promise is you would never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you are right here now in our presence. Thank you that, Lord, you always desire, God, that we would be in that place to hear you. And, God, that we would seek to know what you've called us to. That, Father, we would not manipulate, Father, a situation and try to uh, decide what has to happen. But, God, that we would understand that you desire to lead and guide us into all truth. Thank you for that. We ask that you would open up the eyes of our understanding today. God, may we understand all that you've given us. May we recognize, God, how much you love us. And, Lord, what you desire to do in us, we thank you for that. And we give you praise for it. So, Lord, today we open our hearts to your word and say yes to you. Father, we open our ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. And, God, truly may we be ready. God, not just to honor your word, but, Father, to apply it to our life. May it truly be. God, the word that we hide in our heart. May it truly be the word, God, that we apply. 
that could change us into what you called us to be. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to be talking about uh, the Word of God this month and today becoming people of the Word. And this is a powerful, powerful chapter where Jesus is, is praying for us. And what an incredible realization to understand and know that before we existed, before one of our days came to be, God knew who we were. Psalm 139, I encourage you, write that down. Psalm 139, read that because it helps you understand that, that God saw you. He had a plan for your life. Before one day existed, God knew it all together. And the cool thing is, is that Jesus is, was praying for you right here. You say, how could that happen? How could he pray for me when he didn't know me? Yes, God knows you. <laughs> he knows you now. He knows you're going through. And you know what? Nothing escapes him. And here's the incredible thing about it. He loves you anyway. Can you say amen? <laughs> I mean, when you are really at your worst, and how many have had those days when you, you know, you, you think you've been at your worst? Okay, just a few want to raise their hands. Most are just kind of shaking their heads. I can relate. Okay. And isn't it incredible that God surrounds us with people that love us anyway in the midst of that, you know? Wow. And here's the cool thing. Not only does God love us, he likes us. Amen? Let that sink in because, you know, some of us, we, we, we allow love to become something that's so complex and it's obvious in our world that a lot of people have no comprehension of love. It just, you know, I mean, think about it. Years ago, and I remember when this song first came out, I'm kind of aging myself, you know, uh, Tina Turner, and you can see these people are just speaking on, and they're, they're just, they're working out frustration and anger, and uh, the word love is nothing more than a secondhand emotion. Here's a wounded individual that has been so wounded and so betrayed in a relationship, and so she attacks love. What the realization is, is there was no comprehension of love. There was no realization of love. And then to realize how much God loves us and that God will go to any lengths for us to understand his love. But he wants us to receive his love, amen? He wants us to receive his love because only his perfect love can cast out fear. Only his perfect love can really do the healing and the work in us. Imagine with me, if you would, um, what it was like before Christ. Because really this is kind of what he's talking about here, and he's praying for us because Jesus recognized before he became in the world that there was darkness, there was a lot of hopelessness. Now, there were those that heard God. There were those that heard from God, and the Bible says as they responded and obeyed God, that their obedience was counter to him as righteousness. But the law could not make us righteous. And no matter how we try to obey the law, what happens? We fail, don't we? Because we don't have the ability to do that. Here's the incredible thing. But what the law did is expose sin. It revealed how far we were from God and it revealed our need for God didn't it? That was the goodness of God. Galatians 3 says, before this faith came, we were held prisoner by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. 
that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come. Can you say amen? That faith has come. And we're no longer under the supervision of the law. You see, it's through faith in Christ that we're set free from the penalty of sin and death. It's the promise of God that becomes ours. We're reminded in Ephesians, by grace we're saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And the reality that he's showing us here is that his love, he, he drews to himself. Now, God requires that we are loved. He requires holiness. He requires faithfulness. But you know what? As we talked about empowerment last week, do you know that what God requires he works in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. Can you say amen to that? God doesn't come and look at you and say, man, you're a mess. Clean up your act. Because he knows apart from him, there's no hope for us. But what God requires, he works in us through his Holy Spirit. And we begin to recognize that this is what Jesus is praying for, that we would come to understand and know that. That we would realize and that the Word of God would be that that just awakens us. It awakens us. It awakens us to the without God, there's no hope. It awakens us to His love that He so powerfully revealed to us through Jesus Christ. It awakens us to the power of the Holy Spirit that He wants for us. It awakens us to the reality that he is a healing God that loves us and he will never stop. He will continue working in us. It awakens us to truth, otherwise hidden. The word of God is powerful. Amen? Hebrews tells us it sharpens towards its sword. That it divides the asunder between the soul and the spirit, between bone and marrow even discerning the very thoughts and intentions of our heart. That's the power of God's word. And it's that that Jesus, and look at this, he says, I'm still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy. Jesus, while he was still here, he understood and realized what was going to happen. This is prayer in the garden. He recognized what he was going to have to go through. But his prayer for us was, that the full measure of his joy would be in us. Isn't that awesome? That we would receive the full measure of his joy. <laughs> joy is something that uh, has kind of really been a fleeting thing for a lot of people <laughs> because they mistake joy for happiness. There is a far vast difference between those two. Joy is that, that it's a contentment that can only come inside because the outward interference, the outward issues of our life can't touch the joy of the Lord in our heart. But if we abandon that, if we, if we somehow think that joy is that that can be found in the outside, no matter what we do to try, we can't achieve it. Why? Because the joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And only the joy of the Lord is that that can happen because of the Holy Spirit working in us. In a place of hopelessness, in a place that looks like it's impossible, God is working in us. 
And so Jesus' prayer here is that the full measure of his joy would be in us. I'm thankful for that because I want the joy of the Lord. How about you? That in the midst of situations that look totally impossible, when you're faced with things, Jerry, I just, you know, I got a text from Jerry. Uh, they did another test and no cancer. Hallelujah. <laughs> But there were times and there were circumstances and situations that it seemed like, oh, man. Because, you know, you, you get that C word and what happens right away? Fear. And then they say, oh, this is a radical, man. It's just going to, you know, you got maybe a, you know, what do they say, like a 50% chance. And if you did nothing, 90% chance. like, well, thank you very much for encouraging me. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. You know, and, and when you hear the report of the Lord, <laughs> It changes, doesn't it? Your whole perspective changes. But if you listen to the perspective and the report of the world, what happens? Oh, wow. I mean, man, listen to the news. Look at the news. I was reading for a while just these things that were coming, just all the fighting, and just listened to some of it, and I was going, I thought that these were adults that were elected in positions of Congress. Yeah, they're acting like toddlers and kids. I want my way. I'm going to hold my breath. <laughs> now listen, you think that's funny. I got caught in India when that happened. The election didn't go the way they wanted to, and they were going on hunger strikes, and they were, they were just that, and they were saying, we're not going to eat until you change the election. And I'm going... Yeah, really? What's this about? And I was thinking, oh, thank God I live in America. Now I look at the news, I'm going, God, what's happening to our nation? Goodness sakes. It's like, wow. It's like, man, alive. You go back to Proverbs, spare the rod, spoil the child. Whoa. Man. But you get to understand how much God loves us. And in the reality of where we are, that he never gives up on us, does he? And you begin to understand what Jesus is praying for us. And I want to take you again. He says here in verse 14, I have given them your word. The world has hated them, for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Are you thankful for that? And the truth that he sanctifies us with is not just any truth. It's the truth of his Father. It's God's truth. Everlasting. God is a God that does not change. Amen? His truth doesn't change to fit the moment. I said his truth doesn't change to fit the atmosphere and the ideals. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We need to get a hold of that. And Jesus said, oh, that they may be sanctified by truth. Your word is truth. Now, it gets better from here. Hang on. Are you ready? Because as a result of being sanctified by truth, the joy of the Lord is fulfilled in us. Do you get that? It's the full measure of joy that he was speaking about. 
And if you choose to look for joy in the world, you're going to be disappointed because it isn't there. The full measure of the joy of the Lord can only be found in the truth of God's word. That's the only place it can be found. John 15, verse 11, he said, I've told you this so that your joy, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What is that? Jesus said, what do you hear from me? Do. Put into action that that you hear from me. Obey the commands of my Father. You see, a lot of us, when we look at it the, the, in the aspect and just kind of perspective of the world, it's like <sighs> commands, laws, tried, failed, can't do it. And that's where people stop and they, and they walk away saying, God, you require too much, I can't do it. And they miss what we looked at in Galatians. It said, no, when Jesus came, when faith came, it revealed God's love and his purpose in the work that he had for us. And when we come to Christ, when we come to faith, we recognize all that God requires of us. He works in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. That it's the work that Jesus did on the cross that he completes in us. And so when we come to Jesus Christ and his blood is applied, our sins are blotted out. They're remembered no more. And his word says we are justified. We are found guiltless in his sight. My friend, that is sanctification. And it's complete. But here's the problem. If we stop there and just kind of rest and say, I'm just going to sit back here because... Hallelujah, I'm saved. Woohoo! All right. Where do we go from here? You see, if we continue on with information of the world, there's a confliction, isn't there? <laughs> there's conflict because the things of the world don't line up with the things of God. And that's why Jesus prayed for us that we would understand and recognize what? He said that you have sent me that I am in you, that you are in me. You see, we need to understand and recognize that now there's a set of truths, that that God has revealed, because God doesn't see us as we were. He doesn't see us in the mess that we came from. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, 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 I remember where you came from. Oh, goodness sakes alive. Are you kidding me? I'm going to invest in that? I don't think so. No. He removes our sin from us and it says he remembers them no more. Isn't that awesome? You see, when God forgives, he forgets. We struggle with that. We struggle with that. And I know you've heard this, but it's so true. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It's not affecting them because they don't even know. And that's why God shows us forgiveness and he demonstrates it, complete. And what happens is as we come to the truth, as we seek to know the truth, and that's why Jesus said, sanctify them by truth, because that's the process of being transformed. We're going to look at uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, but I just want to kind of take us to it real quick, and, and I know I'm... I'm 
I'm getting off topic because I want to preach next week's message already, but it's just hazardous, you know. When you give me a whole Bible, that's what happens. Look at this, Romans 12.1. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You know what he's saying there? In view of what God has done for you, offer your body, your living body, as a sacrifice, whole and completely to him. It's your spiritual act of worship. It's who we are. It's what he's called us to. But how many know that living sacrifice tend to want to crawl off the altar? You know, in the Old Testament, they actually would bind the, the feet of the goats and the lambs when they put them in the altar. Why? They didn't. They kept on jumping off. And, can you imagine? Go get the goat again. Go chase the lamb. You ever tried to catch one of those pigs? You ever tried to catch a lamb? You ever tried to catch a goat? It's not an easy thing. And so that's why Paul says it this way. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. In other words, recognize that you need to remain in that place. And then verse 2 is so powerful because he says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. You see, that's the reality of how we're sanctified by truth. Because we place ourselves as a living sacrifice every day. Lord, I'm yours. I belong to you. But if I try to live my life in Christ with the same wrong information I had, I'm going to be confused. I'm going to come into conflict. That's why it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It is that that Jesus prayed, that we would be sanctified by truth. The word sanctify is that that is set apart. And that's why Jesus said, I sanctify myself. I sanctify myself that they true, that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus began it. He set himself apart. He set himself apart. Why? So we can see the example and the power of what happens when we become set apart for him. And that's why Paul pleaded that we would understand this process of sanctification. It was complete because of what Jesus did. But it's ongoing in that we must offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's ongoing in that we must not conform to the pattern of the world. And my friends, you know, man, you deal with it. It's out there, isn't it? There's a pattern of this world that is just so it just entrenched. We see it in Hollywood. We see it through all that they produce. And I was like, are you kidding me? And after a while, you're just going to shake your head and say, where are they coming from? I remember when they began to, the movie came out, The Temptation of Christ, and they tried to make Jesus and display him as, as a, a weak person, a weak-willed individual struggling with sin, struggling with, with immorality. And the reason they did that is because they were angry. In fact, the Word of God tells us, Jesus shows us in John 3, 
that when the world rejects the light of the gospel, their motives become exposed. Look at this in John 3, 19. This is a verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Do you see that? And that's happening. People get angry. When you give them the word of God, they get angry at you. They're angry because it doesn't line up with their life. And when it doesn't line up, they get angry and say, well, I'm sorry, God's going to have to change his word because it needs to line up with my life. Stop the boat. If we do that, then we serve a God that changes like shifting shadows. Do you want to serve a God like that? I don't. That's why Paul says, hey, a living sacrifice Offer yourselves. It was a living sacrifice. It's your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. We have young people that have grown up in church that are struggling with identity. There's an identity crisis in our nation, tragically. Identity crisis, that it's such crucial, incredible things. Some of you saw that it happened not just in high school athletics, but in college athletics now, that it's like no holes barred. This young woman is, is trying to get a lawsuit because she had worked through track to get a scholarship. And, I mean, she was working out her whole life, and she comes to this, this track meet, and she had been number one in the state. And this guy who decided that he wanted to be a woman beat her, and she lost her scholarship. She's angry. She's upset. She's saying, where's justice in this? And because of so much confusion, people are going, I want to know what to do. What do we do? We can't step on people's feelings. If somebody wants to identify as a rock, I guess we've got to call him a rock. I don't know. You see, when we allow confusion to step in, when you step out of the truth and the reality of God's word, you allow darkness in. In the midst of darkness, what happens? You can't see anything. You can't comprehend. Everything becomes shadows. Everything becomes that that you don't understand the reality of it anymore. How many of you have ever walked in a dark room at night and you failed to turn the light saying, I don't know where I'm going. We're doing that, and we're creating that. You see, when you remove the Word of God, when you remove the reality of truth, all you have is shadows. You have darkness. And Jesus says, this is a verdict that lights come. But men love darkness rather than light. And that should grieve the heart of God. It grieves the heart of God, and that's why he gave Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21 with me. He prays that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, Jesus came into this world as a living word of God, didn't he? This is why this passage is so powerful, underline this, John 1, 14, the word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who comes from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that awesome? Because God knew if we were try, if we would try in our own understanding, with our own comprehension, to understand his word, there'd be a lot of division. Josh would say, I don't see it that way. So I'm right and you're wrong. Tyler would say, well, I don't see it that way at all. You're both wrong and I'm right. Mass confusion. And that's what's happening today, isn't it? That's why God sent Jesus as the living word. Isn't that awesome? Isn't God's plan perfect? When Jesus became the living word, there's no discrepancy. Why? There's one. And he is full of grace and truth. And here's the goodness. Here's his mercy. Here's the mystery revealed. Paul says it. What's the mystery revealed? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Isn't that awesome? And interesting, interesting that, uh, in fact, it tells us that. Look what he says in verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Isn't that awesome? Jesus gives us the glory that God gave to him so that we could be one. That's the power of God's word. That's the power of God's word, that we would understand the love of God, that he sanctifies us and sets us apart, but it's up to us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Daily, Lord, I'm yours. I'm not going to let the world try to conform me to its pattern because the patterns are changing drastically. I mean, they are changing quickly. I'm thankful that I serve a God that doesn't change. He hasn't changed his mind from yesterday to today. He hasn't changed that he loves me. He hasn't changed that forgiveness and healing is there for us. Are you thankful for that? He just removed that and said, well, Jory, sorry. You know, I had healing yesterday, but that's not available for you today. So, Is that okay? No. He doesn't change. He sends his word and heals our disease. Hallelujah. People, we, un- we need to understand that he's called to be people of the word. The word of God is so powerful, but it's only as powerful as we allow our mind to understand and know how much he loves us more and more, that we would know truth, that his word would become the implanted word that is able to save us. Why? Because we're not allowing the world to conform us to its pattern, but we're seeing who we are in Jesus. And as we do that, his joy becomes complete in us. Are you thankful for that? We're called to be people of the word of God. Then Jesus finished and he says, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as you have loved them. We need to allow God's presence and power to fill our life so that his glory may be seen in us. Amen? 
2 Corinthians says this, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Father, thank you for that. We just give you praise, God, for your great love. That you've redeemed us from destruction. You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You fill us with the fullness of your spirit. That we can understand what it means to be in you. Thank you for that. So Lord, today, may we understand that you've called us to be people of the world. That we allow the word of God to change us, to transform us. That we allow your word to reveal, God, what you call us to. Thank you that you don't give up on us. Thank you that you love God. You want us to understand it in a greater way, in a more perfect way. And thank you, Jesus, that you gave us the glory that God gave you and is found in the Holy Spirit that we'll be changed, that the world can see God, what you're doing in us. They can see what love really is. They can see what truth is. Because, Father, you are doing that work in us. So we say yes to you. We say yes to you. Thank you for that. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Please know I'm looking around. Maybe you're here today and he said, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm really a child of God. I don't know if I've really received Jesus Christ. But I need to. I want to today. I want to know that I belong to him. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my sins have been forgiven. That I belong to Jesus. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know. I don't, and I'm unsure. I'm unsure, but I want to know. Thank you. This morning, you're here and you say, you know what? I haven't been in the Word of God. I've allowed life to keep me so busy. So many different directions that I'm not being set apart by the Word of God. And I recognize this caused a lot of confusion in me. It's caused a lot of frustration. And I need the joy of the Lord because the happiness that I'm seeking isn't working. I need to know His joy. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to be a person of the Word of God. I want to be set apart for Him. That's you. Just stand to your feet right where you're at. Say, count me in. I want to be a people of the Word of God. I want that to be the definition of who I am. So that I can come to the complete fullness of His joy. The full measure 
of his joy. Just lift your hands. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. You are so good. You are so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you never give up on us. Thank you for the promise of your word that you are ever interceding for us. Thank you that you're doing that. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're at the right hand of the Father. You're praying for us. You're interceding for us. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is is interceding for us. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And Lord, right now, we just surrender to you. And Father, we choose, as Paul calls us to, we choose to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy to you, holy to you. That we would not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we would be transformed by the room of our mind. That we would prove, not just to ourselves, but to a world, to people who are hopeless, that we would prove what your good and perfect and pleasing will is. That it would be so obvious in our life. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Just thank him for that today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let him know that. Just thank him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank him for his word this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank him for his love this morning. Thank him for his grace, for his healing power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Assignment this week. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, completely to him. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. And then get into the word of God. Where I begin, begin in the book of John, it's a good place. Then after you've gone through the book of John, go towards the end, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. talks about the assurance of salvation. How many done that? Begin to look into Psalms and Proverbs. Then go back to the beginning and see what God began at all. You know what's going to happen as you do that? God's going to lead and guide you into his truth. He's going to open your heart and your, your mind to things you've never seen before. And you go, I didn't know that was in the Bible. That's the goodness of God. You begin to see how much God loves you and the reality of the power of his Holy Spirit. So you can live empowered. Amen? Amen? Let's be a force for God, for the kingdom of God. That a world that is so confused, that is scrambling, looking for anything to hang on to, can see what God's perfect and pleasing will is. Because that's who you are. Amen? God, may your word be seen in us. Thank you for the living word that lives in us.
your Holy Spirit. May we become that to a world that is lost. May we be a light in a dark place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said.